0: Today's episode is brought to you from the Russell Hotel. This hotel is a historic East Nashville church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program by donating a portion of your stay to local organizations who provide a safe haven for those in need in the Nashville community. Visit russellnashville.com to book your experience today. That's russellnashville.com. R-U-S-S-E-L-L-Nashville.com.
1: Back to another episode of "You're Not the Worst" with your with yours truly, Riley Nelson and Avery. Blessing, we are back and better than ever. It's twenty motherfucking two. Hell yeah! So Avery and I are currently not together for the first time, like ever. Doing an intro. This is really weird. It's really weird. Avery's stuck in Dallas.
0: Yeah, I have been trying to go home for like the past two weeks. Okay, I like drove back from Nashville to get my car registered and inspected, and then as soon as I went to do that, my engine light came on, so I had to go get it fixed, and that took a while. And then I went back and just got it registered, and I was like, "Okay, dope." And then I try to leave, and it fucking snows, and they close down all the highways that I have to drive back on. So I've just been stuck here, and I'm about to die.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so. I have been at the apartment by myself for like a long time. <laughs> it's been weird. Like I get, I get scared in the middle of the night sometimes because I can't justify a sound I hear to being Avery. You know what I really? mean? Yeah, because like if I hear something, I'm like, oh, it's just Avery. I don't know. At night, you're more like a night person than I am. So mm-hmm. like you can stay up, so I can hear you moving around, which like I don't, I, it, I don't focus on the little creaks that the apartment makes because I, yeah. like, you're making noise or like you're like editing podcasts podcast or like watching TV. So like, I know it's you, you know? Yeah. So you miss me basically. <laughs> Everybody, you, you heard it? Of course I miss you. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I've been sleeping at Woodmont every night because I'm like, I don't want to be here by myself. Oh my God. But yeah. So I've like been sleeping over there with all the girls because well, also we had the snow. So I was like, I don't want to be here by myself and like stuck yeah. here. So I went over there and like, for like two or three nights. My God, that's so fun though. I wish I
0: was like, I'm so mad that I missed the snow. The first time I was like really upset and I was like, it's never gonna happen again. And then it snows again. And I was like, I'm not there again. I was like, what the
1: fuck? (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to snow or I don't think it's supposed to snow again but like, I'm sure we're gonna get more in February too. Like we always do. I think Nashville just needs to invest in some snow stuff. Anyways. What's going on with you, Avery? I'm just stuck here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I literally like have been in isolation, I feel like. I was in isolation for like the longest time because I didn't have my car. Yeah. So I was just here in the house and it was terrible. Oh my god, Riley, I forgot to tell you. You know that um I posted on my private story, the synagogue that had hostages. Oh, yeah, it was
1: down it was down the block from you.
0: It was a block away from me. I'm and not even
1: like the story of like all that.
0: Yes. So I woke up that morning. I uh, saw the notification on the news app on my phone, and I was like, I walk out of the room. My mom's like, Oh yeah, that's like a block away from our house. And it legit, it's a block. And I was like, Oh my god. And then like that was at 11:30, and then at like around like 9 9:30 p.m. I hear like a bang, like an explosion, and like I felt it, like my house like shook, you know. Well, they did like a flash thing, like a, they throw like the flash bomb and it like, it's like a kind of an explosion. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what that's called. They like did the that. and like, hey, yes. And it was like, we felt like the force of it. And I was like, oh my God. And so we go and we like drive over there and we see like all like the media. Is that everywhere. safe?
1: <laughs> I mean, well, they like. Like what if this person just came out guns blazing at the college no.
0: news? I know well, there was like the SWAT team, the FBI there, like it was crazy, but the, they had it blocked off. Holy but shit. the media, yeah, the media was like around the corner. So we like talked to them and we were like, did you guys like hear that? Like, what was that? And they're like, that came from the church or the synagogue, obviously. Yeah. And then like the 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 sound was the flash thing. And like, that's when like they went in there and just got the guy. But oh, literally God. to experience that in real time, like, let's people i don't know and the background of it is like he was going in there like to this bot mitzvah and was like defending his sister because they were live streaming it on their facebook
1: well that's what i was confused about because i read i mean i have done very minimal research but like the stuff the articles and stuff i've seen was that his sister was held captive or like he thought that like I don't, I'm thinking like Scientology, where like they don't let you leave or like you get stuck in it. Like, uh-huh. you thought it was that kind of thing. Is that what it was?
0: Well, no, his sister is linked to Al Qaeda. Oh, and yeah. Oh, his sister's in jail. Right. In Fort Worth, in which way. is an hour from here. I know. And I was like, why did he choose Collieville, But fuck nowhere. Legit, but fuck nowhere. Right. I was like, why did he come here? And then, but she's held captive, serving an 86 year sentence in that jail an hour away. And so he, I guess he just came Where's in the- here.
1: So he just held the church hostage because he wanted her to get her out. out of jail.
0: Yes. And he was talking about on the live stream. He, like, you could see him and he was, like, talking about was how- Americans Live streaming, like, on social oh. media? Yes, on their Facebook. Uh-huh. Whose Facebook? Like, the
1: churches? Mm-hmm. Because they were having a bot mitzvah they are live streaming. Oh, my God. What is yeah. Like, what was this guy's logic? Like, let me hold these people captive and for sure they'll let my sister out of jail. That makes- yeah no sense But I was
0: like holy fuck like Colleyville is like this suburb you know I'm like the middle of nowhere and I was just like why like how did that happen like that big of a name is legit here a block away from me I was like what's gonna happen but like that yeah scary but scary vibes but
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: that was that was my little story time <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's a fun story. What is, oh my God, I got to tell the story in the podcast. Did I tell you? I think I told you, but I can't remember. I think I told you. So okay. I didn't go into 2022 being like, I'm going to have a New Year's resolution. Like that was not my thinking. But I just kind of like within like the first few days, I just realized I was like kind of like shooting my shot a lot. So then I was like, what if I just made that my New Year's resolution? Just like shoot shooting my shot. You know, if I see a cute guy, like just go give him your number, you know, things like that. So. Let me, let me pull up my list of times I've shot my shot. Okay, so the first one was New Year's. Did I tell you about New Year's? T- oh, my God, Avery. Like, I feel like I just have so much to catch you up on. But New Year's, we went to this club, and, like, it was fun, whatever. But I ran into – did I tell you this? Who? Who was it? I ran into the guy that I went on the date with, and he talked about anime. Remember that guy?
0: <gasps> uh-uh. Y'all, we – she mentioned him in the very first episode that we did. That's really? Yes. about. Yes. That was, mm-hmm. the,
1: that was the first episode. Yeah. Okay, wait, hang on. I'm getting my I'm getting my list pulled up. Okay, here we go. It, my list is called "Shoot Your Shot 2022." Anyway, <laughs> I see him at this club, and you know, she's like, "Oh, hey, like whatever." He's like, "Let me go buy you a drink," all that stuff. So we get a drink. We start like dancing, and then it like turns to midnight, obviously, and um, he. Like we were like dancing, he like spun me around. It was like kind of cute. And then like kissed me. Okay. And then we were just like hardcore making out all night. I mean like borderline having sex in that club. Like no, no, wait, no way. Wait, was he like was he still like
0: like good at it? Like was it like fun? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: It like made me forget about the whole anime thing for like a hot second. <laughs> 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 wait, he's like really a good kisser. Wait, a ramen and diamond show you these. Um well I literally, this is so embarrassing. The next day I like, woke up and like, honestly, I wasn't too, too hungover. I wasn't feeling great, but I wasn't like as bad as I could have been, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found this beauty.
0: Oh my God.
1: Like, what the heck? I'm who, sorry. Who gets hickeys? No, no one. No one. I, okay. But here's the thing. You know how my skin is like so ridiculously sensitive? Mm-hmm. I get like... Bruises really easy, like just like stuff like that, like because my skin is so sensitive. I think it might just be a me thing. Because you remember with Pittsburgh, I had them everywhere, but like yeah. he wasn't really sucking, you know. But like you would have thought a vampire was kissing me by the way, like the amount of hickeys I had. So I'm thinking it might be me, like I just might be like easy, like I might be more prone to them or like I get them easier, but yeah. So I got a fucking hickey on New Year's. Um, I also have this video. That's embarrassing. Is that him? Yeah. I woke up with all these videos and, like, I remembered it. But I was, like, pretty gone. Well, like, have y'all, are y'all still talking or no? Well, we were. But things were just getting kind of weird. Okay. So So he really wanted to take me on a date on the next, like, the next day, which is January 1st. But I was going home January 2nd. So, like, one, I was hungover all day. I was really not feeling good. And, like, honestly, going on a date, like, just didn't sound that good. Should I tell you the lie or, like, because it's kind of gross? Or should I tell you, like, the real thing of, like, why I canceled the date?
0: Obviously the real thing.
1: I know, but, like, I don't know if we want to put this in because it's kind of gross.
0: Okay, well, tell me first. And then if we don't want to, then tell me a lie.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, the lie was that I was so hungover and I was still throwing up. So I texted him and I feel so horrible about this. Wait, one second. Mom, what? can you please be quiet? We're recording the intro. So I feel so bad because I I thought I could push through it. Like I was like, oh, it'll probably be fine. And it just kept happening throughout the night. And I was like, ah, mm-mm. So I texted him and I was like, hey, I am so sorry. Like, I really thought I could push through it, but like, I'm still throwing up. Like, and I just don't, I I can't go on this date. Like I'm throwing up every few minutes or whatever, completely. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't go on the date with him, but I've been like just shooting my shot this semester. Uh, okay, and I have one more story. I'm sorry. I know it's, like, kind of long. No, no, I love it. Keep going. But, like, but I haven't talked in so long. And I haven't even... I know. Like, we haven't really talked on the podcast because we did the Q&A. So, like, the, po- yeah. like, the listeners have so much. <laughs> have so much to catch up on. I have so much to fill you guys in on. So, there's this guy who I saw in class. And I thought he was really cute. It was our first day of class. And I just... I was feeling ballsy, I was feeling bold. First, I tried to find his social media. So I couldn't, like I didn't, I was just like know where it is and then like follow him later. Um, But I could not find it anywhere. So I texted our friend and I, cause she's in our class and I'm like, this guy's cute. Should I text him or should I like message him? And she was like, yeah, do it. Like not thinking I was gonna do it actually. Mm -hmm. And I direct messaged him on Zoom in class. And I just sent him my phone number and, like, a little smiley face. And then it was, like, awkward because, like, he, like, wasn't looking at the screen. <laughs> so I, like, was, like, oh, my God, like, he's not going to see it. Like, that's so embarrassing. Well, then mm-hmm. finally I see – I can, like, see his face, obviously. I'm watching, like, him on the Zoom. And I mm-hmm. see him, like, look up at his screen and then, like, start blushing and, like, kind of laughing. And then he picks up his phone. And then, like, a few minutes later I got a text. Uh-uh. And he texted me, yeah. He's still texting me. So, like – what do you, I mean, the best way to do that, text them, few messages, yeah. fall off, you know? Yeah. But he's still texting with me. And this was like two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah. So it's been a little while, but he's not in Nashville. Oh. Well, I mean, he's he lives here, but like he's yeah. in Dallas. So like you. <laughs> hey. That so I means Addy. <laughs> I don't have that. Anyways. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. Let me tell you, this guy is like kind of a walking red flag. And I know that he's listened to two episodes of the podcast. So I really no! oh my god that he doesn't listen to this. Um, You know who you are. If you're listening, turn this off because you're not going to want to hear your red flags.
0: Oh, oh my God. I literally just like, I, I always just have this fear. And like for like both of us, that mm-hmm. any guy that we start talking to is going to go straight to the podcast and listen. And it's just like, it's fine, but it's just so
1: ugh, like it just gives me heebie-jeebies, you know? Yeah. Well, I just, oh, I hate, because I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't want to like hurt his feelings. I'm very attracted to him. And like, but like, there's just some red flags that I've taken note of, but I'm going to go ahead and say them. So if you're listening and you don't want to hear your red flags or like you don't want to like turn it off. Anyways, so (laughs) for starters, he introduces himself to the class and he's like, yeah, I have, like, 10 million streams on Spotify. Literally nobody asked. Like, it was like, hey, I'm Riley. I'm from Houston. I'm a senior. Yeah. Like, that was the kind of vibe that we were doing the intros. Like, literally did, nobody asked. And he just, like. Oh, he's an artist? hmm
0: Like, did he say it in a way that was like, yeah, I have, like, 10 million streams on Spotify? Or was it just like, oh, yeah, I have, like, 10 million streams. Cool. No, it came off
1: like that because even Elise was like, oof. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that also, like, later on, we were in a breakout room, and once again, nobody asked. And, like, he made a comment about how he hired our professor. And, like, it was just weird, because he was like, yeah, like, I hired her on to, like, work on my team, and, like, it was just so crazy, like, seeing her here. And I don't know, like, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, like, it would be one thing to say, oh, my God, I've worked with her. Like, that's really cool. But it's yeah. another to be, like, I hired her on. He's, okay, like, red flags,
0: like, insecure, tries to be cocky, like, has to prove himself, like, has no self-confidence whatsoever. Yeah. What and say. I'm just
1: kind of, like, let all that speak for itself. Right.
0: Like, yeah. You're not, like, what are you trying to prove here? To yeah. who? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That doesn't, I don't like that. Be,
1: like, if you have to tell me how cool you are, you're probably not that cool. Exactly. Period. Um, curious but he's insanely hot so
0: of course he is we're, just,
1: we're gonna see we're just gonna see what happens honestly you know what if you're listening to this and Avery I want you to do this with me too everybody let's just like do it let's say like for the next month we just shoot our shot Like okay. any cute guy any guy that we're interested in we're like oh just shoot your shot let's do it we're doing. Our I show. Know. I feel like we
0: talk about all this stuff all the time. Just like go after what you want. Just don't care. Be confident. And we don't
1: fucking do it. You go out to a restaurant and the waiter is cute. Leave your number on the table. Yeah. Like just shoot your shot. Let's do it, Avery. Yeah. We're going to walk the walk, all baby. Right. All right, everybody. We are so excited to introduce to you our guest for the day. We have on Easy Dating Coach, AKA Mike Goldstein. Mike is a successful private dating coach with an 83% success rate. He has appeared on the Today Show, Reader's Digest, The Star Ledger, Shape Magazine, and NJ.com. Mike blew up overnight on TikTok, which is how I found him. And I think I might have actually talked about this in the intro. But when I saw his TikTok, he had like a few followers. And his first, literally his first video went completely viral. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of views. And then he gained... Followers like that overnight. Yeah. So, without further ado, Mike, aka Easy Dating Coach. Okay. So I found you on TikTok. One of your videos came up for me, and I like I was like, oh my god, this guy would be perfect to have on the show. And I went to your account, and you had like 600 followers, which was great. And then I'm not kidding. The next day, I looked at your account again, and it was like 6,000. And I was just <laughs> like. Whoa! This guy's like blowing up. I was like, "Who is this guy?"
2: Yeah, I just started the TikTok. I like I'm old, so I didn't know what I don't know what TikTok is. And then I was like, "I'll oh, just give it a try." I'm more yeah. of a YouTuber, but now I like I like TikTok better. It's cool.
1: Yeah, you get like quick messages across. You can just hit yeah. those like, fun little bullet points.
2: Hey, I'm starting to repurpose my TikTok for YouTube because I'm like TikTok's more fun.
1: Mm -hmm. It is it is
2: my first video has like 450,000 views when I had zero followers
1: Yeah, I think it was a I think that was the one I saw your first video. What was it?
2: How men fall in love. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh,
0: really? Oh, that's interesting.
1: All of our stuff has been very centered from women and young women, which is great with dating but like we want the other perspective we want, you know, what it's like dating as a guy. And then, you know, you're a dating coach. And so we were just like, he would be perfect. Oh, and then also one thing I, I have to make a comment about was your uh, bio on your TikTok was helping women understand men. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, this is the guy. I was like, we got to have him on. We got to figure this out. <laughs> Alrighty, Avery, do you want to start off with? The questions? Questions, yeah.
0: Okay, so first question is, how did you get into dating and relationships?
2: Uh, do you want the long story or the short one?
0: Um, short one.
2: Got it. Um, th- this is all I've ever wanted in my entire life. At 16, I was fat. I had braces. I had glasses. And no woman wanted to talk to me. So I needed to spend a lot of time studying women, how women work and how dating works. And finally, I was able to get a girlfriend. Fast forward, when I was in my 20s, I fell in love, thought I was going to get married. She cheated on me with a close friend. Then I really realized I didn't understand how women work. So I went on a journey to understand how women work. Fast forward, I got better at dating, um, helped one of my 30-year-old friends who was a virgin get a girlfriend. Then I got seven of my friends married. Um, Then my online, what? Seven? Yeah, I got seven people married. Then my online dating methodology um, became pretty famous and it got me on the Today Show, which then got me partnered with Match, OkCupid, and eHarmony. Wow. And ever since then, I've had the highest success rate in the country in helping people go from single into a relationship.
1: Yeah. Oh I still that success rate, 83%. That's, That's amazing. Maybe I should take your courses because it's funny. I have a dating podcast, but I've never been in a real relationship. But I also, I date a lot. I just don't put up with bullshit.
2: <laughs> Good. You don't need to put up with bullshit.
1: So kind of leading into that, um, and I have on here, 83% of your clientele has had successful relationships do you do matchmaking or do you just give people the tools to successfully date?
2: Yeah, I don't do any matchmaking. Um, I just coach people. Um, But I find that I'm able to have a higher success rate than matchmakers um, because I just have a bigger pool to access because I access match.com or Hinge or Bumble Mm -hmm. and there's a bigger database on all those sites than what matchmakers have. And so if you have the correct system and the correct strategy I can, you know, really optimize someone's approach for online dating and, and get them a partner pretty fast.
1: So while we're on the topic of online dating, well, I don't know. Are, do you know John Berger?
2: Yes, Datanomics. I've actually met him in person in New York.
1: Oh, that's really awesome. yeah. We had we had him on to he talk about Data Datanomics and make your move. And so I saw that we had a mutual follower, but I didn't know if you knew him or not. Um, but upon talking to him, he's very against dating apps. But you yeah. actually use dating apps as a tool. So like, where do you stand when it comes to the apps?
2: You know, I want to sympathize with everyone, including John, like dating apps and dating sites, like they suck. Like it is a miserable experience, especially for like an extrovert like me. Like I want to meet people in person. I want to do things. I think everyone, no one wants to like sit there and just like window shop and then get ghosted and rejected yeah. and send all these messages to imaginary people that they've never met. It, the whole thing is terrible. And I get it. And everyone I talk to hates it. But I'm also the leading online dating expert in the country. So once we do my system, like it still kind of sucks, but we have we we make it fun and ultimately we get good results. Like still, we know that one out of three marriages is coming from online. So it's kind of like a necessary evil at this point. And for those folks that are, you know, want to stay in their pajamas and, and date, if you do it right, you can really get great results for yourself.
1: Yeah. John actually convinced me to get off the apps. Um, So I've been doing a little, he has like a, oh, it's a detox in his book that he talks about. And so I've been kind of doing that lately, but I don't know. Now I'm like seeing the apps on social media. I'm like, should I just like try again? Or like what? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if I should get back on or not. Uh,
2: are you in person at college at this point?
1: We actually just got bumped back online for this week and we just got an email today saying that they're planning on going back to in person um but it's all like masked up and like spaced out so it's it's kind of not the same but it is what it is
2: if you know as a college student and if you're living in the dorms or like near campus like you should be able to meet people in person for the most part, and and just force yourself to go do things, and you can meet people. But um, for folks like me that are you know over thirty, you know there's not as many fun, cool activities as easier as easily accessible.
0: Yeah. So, are most of your clients like older than the twenties?
2: So, um, a lot of my male clients are in their twenties or, or young thirties, and then a lot of my female clients are over sixty. Um, but I've worked with people literally from everywhere, from twenty to eighty, literally. So, and I've worked with people all over the world. Thailand, England, France, Australia.
0: Oh my gosh! So, like what a big range that is. That's huge.
2: Yeah, but I would say like my sweet spot is like you know the over fifty five, over fifty year old uh, woman is just I love working with them.
0: Yeah. So like, what's the difference like with them like coaching them versus like a twenty year old or someone that's like in their twenties?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the older you get, the better you get to know yourself. Okay. Like, just think about like maybe when you were 14 and to whatever age you are now. And like, for me, think about when I was 20 to now I'm 37. Like I know what I want more. And even when I'm dating, I'm able to pinpoint quicker who I should be dating versus like folks in their twenties, like just date everybody. Cause you don't fully know who you are. You don't know who you want. You don't know what your career is going to be like, yeah. just Hey, do I like this person? Yeah. Ooh, do I not like that person? Okay. Something's What's the differences between these two? Why don't I like them and try to figure it out? Um, does that make sense, Avery?
1: Yes, it does. Yeah, that was perfect. So this is like another one that I noticed is a generational gap with my, like with my family. When I talked to my parents and my grandparents about dating, like they just didn't have the same kind of dating experiences that I have. And I know the internet is a big part of that but like the things the stories that I hear from them is like they record it and like you know guys are planning dates and like being more respectful not just going straight for the hookup so I guess my question is why do men nowadays not plan dates anymore like is it more of a maturity thing is it just the generation that I'm in or like what do you think is the reason that men aren't courting women anymore
2: um that's such a great question I mean I think first of all if we're talking about age like in college you know, you don't need to court. It's kind of, if we look at economics, it's a supply and demand thing. And if the supply of women that are willing to get physical and sexual just by going to a frat party or having a few drinks, that supply is high, then why would they do extra work and taking you to dinner, taking you to movies, blah, blah, blah. It's not a good value proposition for them. But let's say, Riley, you're so amazing and this guy is like enamored by you. And you tell him like, listen, I'm not that girl. Like if you want me, the way I feel special is you have to take me to dinner. You have to pursue me. I'm not like into the whole frat party scene and he's interested in you. Then he can follow that cadence and that process. So you kind of get what you accept as women here. Yeah. And and men, if you're watching, like if you're trying to impress a woman, like you know what you need to do, like, you know, take her on dates, like show her that there's more value to her than the fact that she has equipment you would like to get access to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I always struggle with that because the second that I place those boundaries on guys of like, they'll send me stuff where it's obvious they're trying to start like sexting or like, you know, trying to get more physical. And typically, you know, I, I have like flirty responses to it of like, Oh, like it's too soon. Or like, You know, we haven't even met yet. Like you're literally a psychopath. But every time I set that boundary, gone, never heard from again. Like, and it's just such a recurring thing, which is why I kind of got off the apps because every time I was on the apps, it was always like, what's your Snapchat, which don't even get me started on Snapchat. I hate it so much, but it's like, what's your Snapchat? Um, And then you get the Snapchat and either you end up having a, because you stop talking on that platform. It's just pictures going back and forth. And, you know, you lose the conversation and then you either have a streak with a random person or they're trying to get you to send them news.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very prevalent issue. And even at all ages, the, the solution is, is really just a math thing. You've got to get your numbers up. So if you're dealing with two or three guys that are doing this, you got to be dealing with 12, 15, 20 guys. And what you do is you got to focus your energy in the correct places. So the moment a guy is going that direction and you're not interested in that, like remove him from your mind. So if you've got, you know, 20 guys and one or two of them look interesting and then 18 of them are not for whatever reason, whether they're sexting you or just, it's not a fit. Don't spend any energy on that 18 spend the energy on the two that look exciting. And then you can be excited about online dating. If you focus your energy on the things that are, going to be positive for you
0: Uh, what I do I just I like totally agree with that I just know that like sometimes it depends if it's like in person or online I mean I'm like a more in person kind of girl but like whenever if there's a guy that like wants to court me I'm like not that interested but if there's a guy that's like eh, whatever like this girl's just kind of like iffy like I'm kind of middle about her then I'm more into that guy than the other guy but I don't know why I do that but like (laughs) that's something that I do I'm like wait why do I do that
2: I mean, unfortunately, it's psychology, right? Like we want what we can't have, right? Yeah. But like, so I think from 20 to 30, we start reprogramming our brain to be like, wait a second, the guy who treats me well is actually going to not only is he a nice guy now, but a good guy turns into a good boyfriend, turns into a good husband, turns into a good father versus the bad guy turns into a, a bad boyfriend, a bad husband, a bad father, So once you're thinking about kids and raising children and starting a household, you know, things change versus, ooh, this guy's like mysterious. I want to go on a date with
1: him. Yeah, exactly. It's like how it goes. I know. I struggle with that. I'm such, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram or not, but I'm an eight wing seven, meaning I'm a very like dominant person and I don't like being out of control. I'm basically a control freak. Mm -hmm. And that's what I struggle with the most with dating is like not being the pursuer and like trying to like step like out of that, like, you know, control mode.
2: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like it's, it's a really hard dynamic, but I actually try to coach women to, you know, if we call dominant, we, in our community, we call that like masculine energy where it's very like trying to solve problems going forward. And so that's your masculine side, Riley. Mm -hmm. And so actually with my online process, I want you to be masculine and ask out all these guys and go for it. But then when you show up in person, that's when you're going to be more feminine and let the guy kind of lead, let him pick the location, let him kind of be in charge. And you only step in if he's doing something that maybe you don't like, like maybe he's trying to be sexual. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm having fun. Let's get back to getting to know each other. Yeah. Anyone can initiate um, is what I'm kind of proposing. Like, on the internet, like, it's just a picture and a screen. And it's not yeah. like a boy, a girl. It's not a guy, a woman. It's just something is there. So get this to offline. Get this to a date. And do it however you need to do it. Like, hey, want to grab a drink? Or, hey, want to go on a walk? Just do it. Get on the walk. And then see if you guys vibe personality-wise in person.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been doing that a lot. I was just telling Avery this. My goal this semester, or not semester, this year is to just like shoot my shot more. I have always struggled with that in the past, like, especially like back in like, I mean, I'm 21. I'm so young. But like, you know, earlier, like maybe like my teens, like in high school and like early college when I didn't really know myself. I would always just kind of like sit back and like not say how I'm feeling to like please the other person. And then it got me into all these situationships and like, you know, I just don't want that anymore. And so I've kind of just gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, it's time to just shoot your shot. So that's been my whole goal this year.
2: Yeah. I encourage everyone like to just have no shame. Cause like what you, let's say you don't have a boyfriend now, or you don't have a date now. And if you ask them and they say, no, you still don't have a date. So there's really nothing to lose. So just <laughs> yeah. keep shooting your shot. No shame. Yeah. My online dating system is literally sending 50 messages to 50 guys and asking them on a date and expecting about 12 of them to say yes. And then from the 12, we pick one. So there's no shame to this. We just message them and then boom.
0: Oh, so that's like one of your like ways is to like message like a bunch of guys and then just have like the, the more like the better, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just simple math for me at this point. I've done this long enough where I know that if we message 50, about 12 of them are going to say yes. We pick one. We repeat this about six to eight times and you're going to find someone you like.
1: So, you know, kind of on that, once you get to the date, do you think that men should always pay on the first date or what do you think about that?
2: Good question. Personally, like if I'm coaching a man, I tell him to pay for the date. But ultimately, like it doesn't really matter like assuming you are doing okay financially, the most important piece of a date is, is there a connection here? Do we vibe? Yeah. Um, so money, it's like like it's not something I would think about, like for all my male clients, like just pay so you don't have to worry about it and just get to know each other and see if this is going to be a fit. Um, but I do think that, uh, you know, there should be some equality at some point. Like, you know, if you start getting going, maybe at some point a woman uh, offers to pay. And I think a nice move is kind of, telling him in advance like hey when we go out this time I'd like to pay um or you know is it all right if I pay and see what he says because then if he knows you're gonna pay like um you know it's not awkward when the bill comes and you're fighting over it or anything
0: yeah what's one thing that you would tell like girls in their 20s about like dating and like trying to find like a boyfriend like what's like one piece of advice that you would give
2: I would say the, I think the most important thing, not being super in touch with the the female 20 year old, but <laughs> I would think just like loving yourself and valuing yourself. And even if, you know, you like a guy and he wants to have sex and, or wants to do something physical and you're not ready, don't do it. Like this is like your body. And so do it when you're ready and hold men accountable to what you want. If you want dates, if you want to be courted, if you want to be treated a certain way, hold that standard. And if a guy's not giving it to you, discard of him, even if he's a great guy. And yeah. I'll give this advice to 60 year olds too. I don't care if he's a great guy. If you don't feel amazing when you're with him, and in between dates, you feel amazing not in- insecure, anxious. Why isn't he texting me? Why isn't he calling me? You should feel amazing all the time with this guy. And if you don't move on to the next one. Because every woman deserves to feel great and, and men deserve to feel great too. So same thing for them.
1: Yeah. So I want to have some of the stuff that you talk about on your TikTok answered on here. One of the ones I really liked was whenever you answer the question, how do you know when a man is emotionally attached?
0: That's such a good question. I'm so excited for this one.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, there's so many different ways. Some of the easy stuff, um, especially in dating is just so you can easily see this is introductions to friends and family discussion. And more importantly, execution of future plans, like booking tickets to something, planning out a wedding, inviting you to a wedding. And then when he wants to tell you vulnerable things or tell you something exciting or something bad happened, if you're his go-to person, that means, you know, you're starting to take priority in his life. And he's feeling that he wants to share this stuff with you.
1: Oh, that's like that so <laughs> I, I always feel like some of the guys start to do that and then they immediately pull away and then I get ghosted, I guess. But also you were talking about how being ghosted is a good thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, that obviously sucks. Like you, you, they're confusing you by making you think they're interested. Like I've said countless times, ghosted is great news. I can't stand to be in maybe world. If you give me a yes or a no, if whether you're interested, like I love that. So a ghost means they're not interested. All right, sweet. Next.
1: It's just, I think a lot of people, the majority of people struggle with it with like with their ego. Cause yeah, for sure.
0: A hundred percent.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of like Avery Riley of what I was talking about for 20 year olds. Like, Just love yourself and realize you're freaking awesome. And also be realistic. Think about, what maybe your ultimate goal is, is maybe getting married or having a life partner, you get one of those. Mm-hmm. So if someone decides that they don't want to be with you, there's just a multitude of reasons. First of all, they only get one as well. So don't take it personally. There's another 8 billion people on this planet. So they're trying to find their person. Mm-hmm. So you could be freaking fantastic and amazing. It's just, you're not their person. Second yeah. thing is like a lot of men need to sow their oats and and build their kingdom before they can really settle down because men have been told that they need to provide. Right. And so the 20 year old man, he doesn't make any money. He doesn't have a career. He doesn't feel set. He doesn't live by himself. Like he hasn't done all these things to feel like, Hey, Avery, let's settle down because I can provide you this great house and this, you know, food and shelter, and I can take care of you. Men can't do this. So they're just, you know, still in boy mode, having fun. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're kind of messing about.
1: Yeah.
0: What's the biggest difference you think between men and women when they're getting over a breakup?
2: I mean, I think at least initially um, the male ego, you know, getting broken up with is very fragile. Mm
0: -hmm. So you'll
2: see a lot of men and you'll see them, you know, rather quickly, maybe end up with another woman. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some of you have seen that on social media and it's very hurtful. You're like, wow, it's been like a week or two and he's already with this other chick. Yeah, it's because he's hurting and men, most men are not good at being emotional and we're not good at being vulnerable and we're not good at sitting there and crying. So instead of crying, what we have to do is go be strong because we've been conditioned since as kids like, oh, no crying or be tough and, you know, get on with it. So that's what he's doing. He's being tough because he doesn't know that it's okay to go sit in his bedroom and cry. So he goes and gets another girl and it probably won't be fulfilling but he gets her to feel like he is competent and and deserves a woman. Um, So you'll see that versus women, they're going to be potentially more emotional and probably do it in a little healthier way where they actually just sit in their feelings and experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would, I, I really want a safe place for men to feel like, hey, you can sit in your emotions. This is okay. And you don't need to go do anything like just be in this. And then when you're ready, you can go date.
1: Why don't men go to therapy? Because <laughs> they're putting all of us women in therapy, but they're not doing anything to fix themselves.
2: You know, men don't like to ask for help for whatever reason. It's just not our thing. Just from a math perspective, if you look at the self-improvement space, 90% of self-improvement books are bought by women. So just men, you know, don't like to ask for help because once again, it's being vulnerable. It's saying like, and it's... it. it we have to go to a woman and say, like, look at me, I'm big and I'm strong and you should choose me because I'm the guy. And the moment he says, hey, I'm not that big, I'm not that strong is the moment a woman, he may experience where a woman doesn't choose him because he has not projected, hey, I am this big, strong, capable man that you should choose. So he doesn't want to admit to the world that he's less than. And so, you know, right or wrong, that's kind of what it is.
1: Yeah. Another one too that I wanted to ask is, how do men fall in love? Cuz I know you got you got a good answer on this one and I our audience needs to hear this.
2: <laughs> okay. But you know when they want to commit to you forever, back to what we were just talking about before I give you this answer. Mm-hmm. If you if they can become vulnerable in front of you and then you accept them and now they have your trust that you're not going to run away from them when they're vulnerable, that's what gets them to commit.
0: Oh, really?
2: Oh, yeah, because now they're like Hey, this Avery chick is so legit. Like I showed her ex and she didn't run away and she's got my back. Like that's my person. And now Avery like is so legit in my eyes. Like that's, Uh that's That's a big deal for a man. And it's a long road because at first you've got to make it safe and he's got to feel safe where he actually wants to share with you.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, But then Riley, to answer your question, how men fall in love. Uh, this is an advanced skill set, but I came up with an acronym called NAB, and uh, it's N-double-A-B. You got to NAB a guy. So the N is making him feel needed. A lot of men uh, in today's day and age, like if you think about prehistoric times, right, men used to be the hunter. They got the food. Or even 100 years ago, 200 years ago, they went to work. They brought the money, and then women took women took care of the home. Don't do that anymore. Women have jobs. Women can take care of the home. Women are even strong. They can lift things. So he's like, what the hell do I do anymore? Like women don't need me.
1: What do I bring to the table?
2: Um, So we need to give him a spot. Um, If you want him to feel safe within the relationship is make him feel needed. And that could be as simple as like, Hey, can you grab me some sugar? Hey, can you get the ketchup or Hey, can you get me a glass of water? Hey, can you turn the heat down? Hey, I had a rough day. Will you listen to me and not interject? Just listen.
1: It's kind of funny. It's like, you know, turn them into like, I don't know, like your personal assistant or like, Hey, I need this. I need that. But it works. It makes them feel needed.
2: It does. I mean, you you can't go crazy with it, but then the next step of NAB is the appreciation. So the only way needed really works is if you implement the appreciation, right? The appreciation has to be a little more than the amount of effort he did to do whatever task you asked. So if he just got you some sugar and you go, wow, John, like you are such a gentleman. Thank you for getting the sugar. It's
0: like stroke their ego. Oh my God. I could not imagine doing (laughs) that. That's so funny.
2: Yeah, stroke their ego. And he's going to be excited. I'll be like, wow, it's this easy to make Riley happy. Like other women, I have to like buy them dinner and like do backflips and then they give me a compliment. But I just had to get her sugar. Like, man, maybe I could spend my life with this person because it's clearly I could keep them happy maybe for the rest of our lives. So needed, appreciated, accepted. So obviously guys have their icks you know, making them feel okay to be themselves. Cause if they're gonna, if you're going to live together, spend 50 years together, you got to be okay with who they are.
1: Everybody wants to feel accepted, you know, for what they're doing, you know, their passions and stuff like that. So it, it makes sense, you know, to need them and then like soak their ego a little bit and then make them feel, you know, validated and seen.
0: I feel like me and Riley always talk about how the bar is so low and we're, like, a guy doesn't have to do a lot to, like, impress us. Like, all he has to do is, like, take us to dinner, like, whatever. But I feel like, do you guys know that? I feel like a lot of guys don't approach girls or don't initiate a lot of stuff because they think they have to, do like, above and beyond to impress a girl and, like, do what she needs. But in, like, our eyes, the bar is so low. I
2: think it's – um I, I think some men, especially 20-year-olds, like, dinner – taking a woman to dinner feels like a huge investment. Really? I think so. Because – and it's not monetary. Well, it could be for some of them because college kids don't have money, but yeah, it's like, I could go to the bar and have a hundred women that I could talk to, or I could have an opportunity with Avery. And I haven't talked to Avery enough to know if this is my one person and not to mention like, I'm still in my twenties. I don't really know what I want. So why would I spend this focused energy on something? It just... It's like a little risky for him. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And then um, back to the acronym, we need to do B real quick too.
2: Yes. Um, So NAB, needed, appreciated, accepted. Our B is boundaries. How I like to describe boundaries is basically a roadmap to your happiness. A man, when he wants to commit, fall in love, needs to know that you're happy. And if you don't tell him, he doesn't know how to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And so this has to be done. um, I've called the sexy boundaries in a very positive way. Like you can't nag him. You can't be like, you didn't clean up all the beers. Like, are you kidding me? That's so gross. Instead? It's like, God, I love it. When, before you go to bed, you put the beers in the trash cans. Like it makes me feel so safe and I love waking up to like not smelling the beer. And it just makes me so happy. And like, you know, kind of when I wake up I feel a little horny when I don't smell the beer and it gets me excited. Like something to motivate him and something that's true.
1: So you use sex to motivate him.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's an example. Um, yeah. Or even just like as simple as like, it makes me so happy when the beer cans are cleaned up. I know you went out of your way to move them. And, I, and like, it's so chivalrous and it makes me feel so special and sought after that you do this because I know you don't need to do this and you do it for me. It makes me feel... Like I'm important to you. Yeah. That's a big compliment.
1: Well, I know we're running a little bit low on time. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. We got some questions from the listeners that we want to ask. And we can just like rapid fire these. It doesn't need to be, you know. So the first one that we have is why do men ghost? Uh,
2: Not interested or need time for themselves.
1: Do men actually like the chase? If so, why?
2: Yes. Uh, They love the chase. um, As long as it's something that they can catch.
1: Oh, yeah. Good point. Why don't men keep their conversations consistent like it was in the beginning? You know, whenever you start dating or you start like seeing someone, you're texting and you're communicating constantly. But like as the relationship progresses, they kind of pull back.
2: Uh, I mean, it's it could be a few things. Um, one example would be, you know, he was chasing and then he feels like he obtained the prize. And once he got the prize, there was no more reason to put an effort. So he got bored and he moved on. And the other thing could just be, uh, you know, life happens. Maybe he's got schoolwork. Maybe he's got a job. Maybe he's got something that took his focus. You know, when he, if he's going fishing, he wants to bait the hook and he wants to do all the work and then he gets the fish. He's like, well, now what?
0: Why is it usually the men that are more secure than the women in the relationship?
2: You know, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it may seem that way because if women are looking for commitment in a relationship and he's not, you know, he's got all the power because you want something and he doesn't want anything. So his negotiation is like, well, you can be here and I'm going to give you nothing or you can leave. And you're like, do I want scraps or do I but I don't want to leave. So if you regain the power when you are willing to leave.
1: Okay. so a few more things. We do a segment called shitty things. Basically, you just you say like a shitty thing you've done to somebody or a shitty thing that somebody has done to you.
2: Okay. so this one's entertaining, I think. So I was engaged and I was going to re-propose at the midsection of the Eiffel Tower. So I'm at the midsection of the Eiffel Tower. And I don't know if you've ever been up there, but I'm looking and I'm just like awestruck at how beautiful Paris looks. And I'm just taking it in and I'm just like, could not have been in a happier place. And then I started thinking, I'm like, how am I going to do this proposal? Like, what am I going to say? And just like trying to get in the right mindset to, to drop on one knee. And then my fiance comes over and starts screaming at me, like, What the hell are you doing? We're at the most romantic city, at the most romantic place, and you're not spending any time with me, and just goes off on me. And so then, uh, you know, it just kind of like ruined the moment, and I didn't re propose. <laughs>
1: hey, you wait, did it? Why were you going to re re-prop- propose? Is that a thing?
2: You know, like, I think. for me it just seems super romantic like why? like all right we're married but like why not do it again at the Eiffel Tower and I'm a love coach like I love love like why not have another moment that's fun
1: (laughs) oh that's sweet well that sucks (laughs) did you ever end up telling her later on that like that's what you were planning to do or did you just keep it to yourself
2: I I did tell her
1: what it Yeah.
2: Maybe I shouldn't have told her, but I think, you know, it was pretty upsetting.
1: All right. So, you know, while we're wrapping everything up, go ahead and plug yourself. Tell everybody where they can find you. Can they take your classes, all of your socials, all that fun stuff?
2: Yeah. Uh, Mike Goldstein, owner of Easy Dating Coach. It's spelled with an E and a Z dating coach. So if you search Easy Dating Coach on Google, you will find a lot of stuff. I have a pretty big YouTube channel a TikTok. And then if you go to my website, like I have a ton of free stuff. Like if you click free gifts at my website, for example, the one you're going to get in the show notes is four signs he's falling in love with you. I have another one, 36 questions to fall in love. Um, On my homepage, I've got a webinar that shows you how to do online dating in the most efficient manner possible. So everyone go get some free gifts and uh, yeah, enjoy it.
1: Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with our audience yeah we really appreciate it
2: no thank you for having me
1: so as always you know where to find us on instagram and tiktok at you're not the worst podcast and go check out our website at www.you're not the and remember to go rate and review us on apple honestly i mean you can write reviews but, like, let's, rates are fine. We just need five stars, please. We got a one, one-star review. However you are, you suck. I, But well, that's that what I'm hurts. saying, like, maybe we don't need bad reviews. So, like, just like, just do the stars. Go you ahead. can follow my personal Instagram at Nelson 18 And my personal Instagram
0: is Avery Blessing. Don't yes. forget to follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on Apple and share this podcast with your friends.
1: Tell everybody. And also... Go like and share our reels because Instagram is promoting the fuck out of them and it's fun. So go check out the content we create. We got some badass reels. Thanks so much and have a great day. (laughs) We'll see you
0: guys next Wednesday.